from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. As you know, we did a video tribute as well as a show here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, wall-to-wall with Emma Dungy, Matt Dungy, Tim Dungy, and Cindy Dungy as a surprise to Eric called Project Dungy. And now I have the opportunity to be on the other side of it, and I very much appreciate the opportunity given to me by Eric to have him on the show now. So let's bring him in without further ado. Eric Dungy, former Syracuse quarterback, heading to the NFL draft and a hopeful future in the NFL as well as in life in general. Eric, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Eric, first and foremost, bring me into it because you've been busy. you got a lot of stuff going on. I tried to keep this under wraps. I think the family did a good job. Did you have any idea that I had been planning something like this? No, I had no idea. So what did you think when you saw the video from mom and dad and your brother and your sister and you got an opportunity to kind of listen to what they had to say? What did you take away from it? I think uh, I think it was awesome, you know, just hearing what they had to say about me. I mean, obviously my family is the most important thing in my life and just, you know, everything I've done, I've tried to just make my parents proud, make my brother and sister proud and just to hear them say those things about me, it was a, it was an incredible experience, and um, you know it was uh, pretty emotional, and I was just very happy to hear it. And you know to have that and to speak on the emotion, you know, jokingly coming off of the Camping World Bowl, I, I got pulled aside by some people in the airport, and they said, "Are you the guy that made Dungey cry?" And I said, "I didn't make him cry on purpose. He, he, you know, obviously you were feeling a, a moment, and your dad said it was four years, kind of culminating into something, and." After the Camping World Bowl, I had the opportunity to ask you a question about, you know, being at the top of it, that at the end of your career at Syracuse, after four win seasons, to get to 10 wins, to be the MVP of a bowl game, to win a bowl game, just what it all meant to you. And you kind of let all of those emotions out in that moment and just kind of let yourself feel it. Going back to that moment, just just what was going through you and what your takeaways were when, you know, I feel very honored to be able to share that time to see somebody who has worked so hard finally get to be at the top of that mountain. What, what did it mean to you to be on the top of the mountain? Yeah, I mean, it was, like my dad said, I mean, it was just four years of, you know, I, all I ever did was just give it my all, and I just worked hard. I went, I, I faced adversity. I just always try to overcome it. And, um, you know, after four years, it just kind of started to set in. You know, that was my last game ever playing at Syracuse. The last time I was going to be around my teammates and, you know, my brothers and people that put it on sweat uh, and tears in with. And it's just, you know, able to take a minute and take a, you know, 30 seconds to just kind of reflect on it. And, you know, I, I play with a lot of emotion, but I'm not an emotional guy. So it's just, you know, to be in tears about that, you know, I'm not embarrassed about it. You know, I just, I love the game. I love the community. I love everything about it. So, um, my dad said it best, it's just four years accumulating over time, and I just kind of, you know, let it out. Speaking here with Eric Dungey and, and Eric, too, to look at your time at Syracuse, you came in, obviously, recruited by Tim Lester, Scott Schaefer's staff. You stayed with Dino Babers and, and had multiple different coaches at the quarterback uh, quarterback coach position, you know, teaching you and kind of heading up that room. What did you take away from that? Because in the NFL, things change on the 
on the drop of a dime, and you've experienced a lot of that. You experienced it before Syracuse, and obviously you experienced it at Syracuse as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just being able to adjust. Um, you know, in high school I had four different coaches for my four years and four different offensive coordinators. It's just being able to adjust to what's given to you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you have these guys that are system quarterbacks, and um, I don't think I'm a system quarterback at all. I think I'm able to learn a bunch of new offenses and, whatever I'm taught, I'm going to learn to the best of my ability, you know, um, compete and do whatever I have to do to earn that starting job. And I think I did that over the four years in high school, four years in college. And um, I've just been very blessed with the opportunity to even play the game. So um, and just been blessed by my family that they've raised me to be so competitive and um, just, you know, really never take no for an answer. Your dad, Tim, playing quarterback, just, uh, you know, what your takeaways were from that growing up as a kid. I mean, is did that kind of tie into you wanting to be a quarterback, the fact that, you know, dad did it and he could speak with you on it and obviously knew how to lead a team? Did that have anything to do with kind of your love for that? Um, I think so. Um, you know, just seeing what he did when he was younger and he played shortstop in baseball. I played shortstop and pitcher and he played point guard in basketball and I tried to play point guard in high school. I was the tallest guy, so I got moved to post. But, you know, I was still, you know, leading the team in steals and assists and, um, rebound so it was just one of those things and then just seeing him play quarterback it was just one of those things that you know I loved just being at the helm of things and being able to make plays and make people around me better and um, you know the quarterback always has the ball in his hand so I just wanted to be the game changer and I felt that if I could you know have the ball in my hand and I could you know control the outcome of the game and um, it's just one of those things like I said just being able to compete. And was one thing that your brother and your sister and your dad spoke with me about is bull in the ring. And I want to go back to those days because Emma, as the oldest, she said, you know, obviously she was taller, so she won a lot of those games kind of first first off. Matt said that he's the champion and he would potentially still be the champion. What can you tell me about bull in the ring with Matt and Emma? I mean, it was just like one of those things that, you know, ever since growing up, whether it was bull in the ring or, you know, playing one-on-one-on-one basketball in the backyard, um, that's what I always remember. But bull in the ring, it was just – I was always smaller, but I was a little quicker than, you know, Emma and that. So I try to use that to my advantage. Um, so whenever I got the ball, I'd just be running around the circle trying to avoid them. And, you know, my uh, dad used to always joke that's where I got my elusiveness from is, you know, dodging my brother and my sister um, just in that little ring. But as I think as of now, I think I'd be the champion. Um, definitely my sister wouldn't have a chance, but uh, <laughs> I don't think my brother would either. So when you look at your relationship with your siblings, obviously Matt had a lot of great things to say about you, and so did Emma. Emma got a little bit choked up at times, and and I know that you had a very special moment with Matt when he surprised you and came to the dome. What can you say about about your brother and sister, and you know just just what they've done in your life, and the amount of love and and appreciation that they've shown you as you've grown up? Oh, they're incredible. Um, my brother and my sister. I'm very lucky to have them in my life. Uh, my sister's, you know, one of my biggest fans, and my brother really, him and I, um, growing up, he's, he made me tough, and as we've gotten older, our relationship's gotten better and better, and we're spending a lot more time together, especially when I go home, and it's just it's just a great relationship, and, um, you know, like I said, my sister's my biggest fan, no matter what, um, and, you know, she calls me after every game, win or lose, and no matter how, how the outcome goes, and she's always just been so supportive of me, and always motivating me to, you know, be better, and uh, my brother does the same, and really my whole family. You know, I would always would say, um, you know, people who text you after a, a win, you know, it doesn't 
you know, obviously I'm thankful for that, but it's the ones who text you after, you know, you have a bad game and the ones who are there with you when you're down, that's the ones who you really want in your corner. So speaking here with Eric Dungey on wake up call with Dan Tortora, Eric, like you said, your family, I want to talk about mom and dad for a second. Your mother, Cindy said that, you know, I asked her, how would you describe her? And she said, tough, that, that she's tough on you. How would you describe mom? Is that, is that accurate? What can you say about mom? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I'd say I'm a mama's boy. I'm, I love my mom and everything that she's done for me. And um, But, yeah, she was definitely tough on me. She's always, you know, whether it was – she was always really tough on me with the grades and, um, academically and just being a good person um, and just having the mannerisms of, you know, a successful person and always just being kind to people. And I think that's really rubbed off on me. And, um, and I think the big thing also is just being humble. Um, you know, there's always someone else that helps you get to where you are. And you always have to realize that. And, you know, you're never bigger than your teammates. And um, no matter what goes on, you have to remain humble. And she did a great job. Her and my dad did a great job of instilling that in me. And um, I've just been very thankful for everyone along the way and everything and every opportunity that I've uh, got over the past couple of years. And what can you say about dad? I know we spoke about your father, Tim, for a little bit here, but you know, just what you can say about what he's done in your life and what he's meant. Obviously, your parents aren't together, but the family stays close and stays tight, and you've been able to build a relationship with your dad and build a relationship with your mom, which I think is very special. Just what you could say about, you know, your your family as a whole, even though separated, yet still a family, and, and, and also a little bit more about dad. Yeah, I mean, my parents, they, they split up um, when I went to to college but it was never a bad split up and they were always about us about the kids and I think that's a huge thing for it is um, no matter what decision they came down to it was always about us and you know they're still friendly obviously but sometimes you grow apart and um, they're up both in my life and you know every day I talk to them and I'm very thankful for them especially my dad you know no matter what no matter how tough things were going um, you know he would never let us know and he was always you know trying to make me and Emma and Matt the best that we could be and try to give us everything that we we wanted to succeed and um like I said no matter how tough things were at the time he he would just you know put his nose down and just always have a smile on his face and never show emotion I think that's just one of the things that I've picked up from him is just you know you always just gotta um keep grinding no matter what you know overcome adversity at some point and when you talk about overcoming adversity We've seen you go through injury. We've seen you go through tough hits. We, you know, you've had to play as a true freshman. You've had to play all the way through at Syracuse. They leaned on you pretty much from the beginning and have leaned on you since. Just what you can say about overcoming adversity, bouncing back from injury, bouncing back from whatever the outside noise was. Because I told you this, I texted this to you and said it to your family as well. And I don't think that you know it because I, I never pulled you aside and you know said it to you face to face, but... You know, the way that you overcome adversity, the way that you handled physical adversity, you know, mental stuff, emotional, whatever it may be, team losing, it it always stuck with me. And for somebody who's out there starting his own, you know, I started my company seven years ago, but someone who's out there trying to make a name for yourself, you go through different adversity moments and you go through ups and downs in personal and professional life. And so I have to preface this by saying that you are one of the greatest examples of this and that there's things that you did on and off the field and even in interviews that helped me to get along with my day and help me push forward. So I'm going to say thank you first and then ask you about, you know, you overcoming adversity and just what always kept you coming back. 
Well, I appreciate that. That's awesome to hear. Uh, I'm glad I can have an impact like that on somebody. And, you know, it makes me feel great, but it's just kind of the way I was raised. And, you know, never back down. You know, you get knocked down nine times, you get up ten, um, no matter what. And, um, you know, through the adversity and just all that, like I said, it was just my dad and my mom, the way they raised me, and um, just never have that quit in you. you got to be relentless. And, uh, you know, not everything in life is going to come easy, especially nowadays. And um, you just got to keep working and know that all your hard work will eventually pay off. And that's just kind of the way I've been, um, you know, whether it was, you know, mentally or physically. Mentally, you know, obviously the media sometimes, they would, they would say, th- say things. And I knew it wasn't true, but... Um, outside they have no idea but you can't you get you can't get caught up in that you know a lion doesn't listen to the opinion of sheep so um, I always just never let that get um, to my head and I knew I had a good circle around me a good small circle that I people I could trust and people I could rely on and I think that's the biggest thing for me because um, I mean as, as physically demanding college football is and being a student athlete I think mentally it takes a huge strain on you as well and you just got to be mentally and physically sharp and you you mentioned that you know, and it's something that I actually say myself too. A lion, a lion doesn't you know lose sleep over the opinion of sheep. And there was a time in one of the press conferences recently, uh, this past season, where you said, "Listen, you," and you said to the media. I mean, I was I was standing right there, and and you said, you know, most of you didn't think that we would be good. Most of you don't believe in us, but we do. Just what you could say about getting to a point where you felt comfortable enough to look right into the camera and say. Listen, you don't have to believe in us. We believe in us. Yeah, exactly. It's just that confidence. I think the big thing about me um, from my senior year of high school to my freshman year of college, it was the confidence level I had in myself. You know, I was under-recruited out of – I felt I was under-recruited out of um, high school, so I just didn't have that confidence level. And as I got to fall camp my freshman year, I realized, okay, well, I can play with these guys. Like, um, what makes them better than me? And I began to not, you know, not cockiness but confidence. And I think that's a huge – um, reason for the success that I've had is just what I've been able to believe in myself and know that, you know, okay, I'm better than this guy. I can, if I put this work and I'll be better than this guy. And it's just paid off over time. And I think me gaining that confidence level in myself has helped me tremendously. And it's kind of a similar situation going into the NFL. Um, obviously, I feel like I'm getting underlooked, but I just need an opportunity. And I'm excited to go against some of these guys that are top picks um, or uh, projected top picks. And I just want an opportunity to compete against them because I know if I can outwork them, then I'll have a better chance. That coming from Eric Dungy here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. And I want to ask you about that because – you didn't get an invitation to the NFL Combine. I think it put another chip on your shoulder where there already are chips. Every chip you've had on your shoulder, you've responded to with a great amount of success and just showing, once again, overcoming adversity. Not going to the Combine, you got to do Pro Day. Obviously, you've been working out in Oregon, and I know I spoke with your dad about it, doing a, a lot of good work there and in connection with somebody who helps train NFL quarterbacks and has brought people up. Just tell me about what you have done because you can only control – what you can control. So the invitations that didn't come, those are those are there and gone. You have worked very diligently, though, to be prepared and be ready for the NFL. So let everybody know what you've been doing, what you've been working on, and just how you've gotten yourself better. Yeah, I mean, for 10 weeks, I was up in Seattle. I was working out with Ford Sports, with Tracy Ford, and uh, Russell Wilson Quarterback Academy with Jake Heaps, who knows so much about the game, and he's just taught me so much in those 10 little weeks. And um, just for him to you know really break down my fundamentals and 
um, work on my footwork and be able to get on the whiteboard with him and learn more about coverages and offenses around the league. And I think that's a big thing is that people think that we ran a spread offense, so they think that I'm not going to be able to learn a new offense. But he was teaching me um, NFL offenses, and it's a lot of stuff, but I think I'm able to mentally um, obtain it all because, you know, like I said, I've gone through five or six different offenses in eight years, so – um, I'm able to adjust and you just got to kind of roll with the punches almost, but I just want to play at the end of the day. I think I'm able to outwork everybody. And um, just for the 10 weeks I was out in Seattle, just working on my, you know, my speed, my uh, agility, my strength, my power. Um, and then obviously my throwing, throwing mechanics. I think I, I improved tremendously there in that short amount of time. And it's just now that I'm able to make, hopefully make a career out of this, I'm just excited for the potential and, you know, the sky's the limit. And I just made so many leaps and bounds in those 10 weeks that I'm excited for uh, the next couple of years. There's something that I found funny in uh, in Dino Babers when he came to Syracuse. He said, you know, Eric Dungy's going to run less. We're going to pull him back. We're going to run, run less. And I remember being in that press conference and kind of laughing, going, yeah, okay. And then the second year that he was with you, he was like, oh, you know, that's just what Eric Dungy does. He runs. So and what can you say about, you know, that relationship with Coach? Because when he came in, it, it sounded like he wanted to kind of maybe tailor things a certain way, but you are who you are, and eventually he started to build the offense around that. Just just speak with me on the give and take with Dino, and, and if you felt that at first too, if he was like, hey, do a little bit less, and then you're like, Coach, this is, this is who I am. I mean, how did it kind of come about? I mean, it was just – one of those things that coach kind of just learned about me and I just want to win at the end of the day. So if a play, play breaks down, then I'll try to get with my feet. I don't know. Um, and I think coach did a great job of helping me be more smart with my body. And um, it was kind of give and take, you know, he kind of let me be me, but I also listened to him about, you know, being smarter with everything. And um, like I said, I've made improvements there, but um, it was just kind of what I was asked. Obviously, it's very tough to stop a, a quarterback, especially a quarterback that can run because you have to account for a whole new set of defenses. So it not only makes it harder for defenses to scheme us, but it opens up the offense in a whole new way. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about winning. And obviously that paid off last year. So When we look at, and Coach said the 2019 class is going to be etched in the history of our 2018 class going to be actually in the history of Syracuse, the, the seniors, the, the vets that are moving on. He said, you will always be remembered. Ben Brickman, Cody Conway, Matt Keller, Ryan Guthrie, Kyle Kleinberg, Tyrone Perkins, Kylan Whitner, Ravion Pierce, Dante Strickland, Chris Slayton, Coda Martin, Keaton Darney, Aaron Roberts, Jamal Custis, Antoine Cordy, and yourself. What can you say about the 2018 group? And if you truly believe that you guys are the beginning of something great. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, um, it just starts with the leadership. And I think the guys that you just named had great leadership, and it rubs off on the younger guys, and they see the culture that's that's built, that was being built from our sophomore year when Coach Babers came in. And Coach Babers laid the foundation, and that senior class that you mentioned helped build it up. And I think it's built a very strong foundation. I'm excited for the younger guys to carry on with that. And before I let you go, I did ask what I – I mean, we have rapid fire here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and I did the Eric Dungy edition, and I asked Emma, Matt, as well as both of your parents the same questions about you, and they all had a different answer. So I would like to know what the true answers are. So I'm going to ask I'm going I'm to ask the horse's mouth, so to speak. So, Eric, you're going to play your own rapid fire. What is your favorite music? Or fa- favorite music, favorite band? Favorite music or band? I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, 
I can't really narrow one guy down. Um, I love, you know, obviously before games, I listen to a lot of reggae, um, John Mayer, just to kind of calm myself down and listen to classical music when I'm studying. Or, um, But I think just in general, I love country music in the summer. I love, um, you know, obviously hip-hop and rap. I think I like Young Pinch and Drake and guys like that. But honestly, I can't give you a, one answer with that because I love so much music. See, what I like about that is I told your mom that we're the same in that respect because I listen to everything. And rap. I can listen to rap, country, country, rap in the same few minutes. I got to ask you this, though. Favorite country band or singer? Um, I love Zach Brown Band. That's probably one of my favorites. Okay, see, I'm Florida Georgia Line. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. They're good. They're not bad, right? Yeah. You, you like them. So, yeah, they're, yeah, they're all right. They're all right. Okay. Favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time, I'd probably have to go with, like, Remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, or Step Brothers. Okay, all right. Your family did say there was a Will Ferrell connection. Favorite food? Everybody said different food on this. Your sister was, your sister, Emma said that she started to pick her own favorites, but her favorite food, I'll tell you in a second, was very unique. What's your favorite food? Um, I love steak, cheeseburgers, and chocolate cake. Your sister said chocolate cake. She changed. She changed her answer to chocolate cake. the The other one was I asked them what you would say about them, and now here is your chance to say something about uh, each of each of them. You're in your own words. So, starting with Emma, Matt, Tim, and Cindy, what would you say to your family right now, knowing that they did this special for you? They gave their thoughts. What are your thoughts back to them? I'm just very thankful for them. Like I said, everything I do in my life, and I just try to make them proud. Um, you know, my mom and dad have given me such a great framework, and they've just given it all. You know, when I was growing up, they gave me everything I needed to succeed, and I just want to pay them back for that. And then Matt and Emma, I've just been so grateful to grow up with them and have such great siblings in my life and what my brother did, you know, serving our country and how my sister just supported me throughout everything and um, just you know I used to grow up and go to my sister's varsity basketball games and I thought it was the coolest thing you know just seeing her play on varsity when I was a younger guy um, it was just kind of one of those things that I looked up to her and I looked up to my brother as well so it's just a great um, family dynamic and I'm just so like I said just so thankful for, for everything that you know my mom, dad, Emma and Matt have given me and I asked them also if you had a neon sign that was above your head that everybody could see, what would it say? They all said something different. It was along the same line, some parallels, but they were all different. What would be the neon sign above your head? Oh, man. I do not know. Um, that's a tough one. Whatever they said, hopefully it probably <laughs> speaks more about me than what I'm going to say. They talked about perseverance and grit. Your mom actually used a nickname that she gave you. There's just everybody had a, a bunch of different pieces, but a lot of it had to do with the fact of what you've been talking about that you always get back up. I mean, hopefully just were like relentless or something. All right, relentless, that's fair. And my final piece for this, Eric, is what if I'm an NFL team and I'm sitting here right now and I'm at the draft and I'm going through my board and I'm looking at things and I gotta bring in a quarterback, I need somebody that you know is going to bring some fire, some some energy to it. I need somebody that's different, that's going to shake up my locker room in a good way. Tell me as an NFL team why I should take Eric Dungy. I think the biggest thing with that is, you know, after every game, Coach Babers always would say to us, you know what kind of player you are when after the game, if guys on the other team come up to you and, you know, 
re- pay their respects to you. And I mean, after every game, I would have you know whether it was Christian Wilkins come up to me and you know, say, you know, I hate you, but I respect the hell out of you, or something like that. And it's just that happened every game. Um, and a lot of coaches, you know, Coach Diaz from Miami coming up to me after the game. I think that pays a lot more than you know the hype of the media. Or anything. I think when you're respected by your peers and the guys you go against, that's that's a huge thing. So, um, not all the hype. You know, you can't believe all the hype. But at the end of the day, I think everything will work out. And as long as I'm able to be given an opportunity, I'm looking forward to that. And very quickly, favorite memory or memories coming off of Syracuse? You've had a lot of great moments. What what are the ones that kind of last the longest? Um, you know. Not only just the side of football thing, obviously the upsetting Clemson and, you know, the bowl game was probably my favorite memories from um, Syracuse, but just, you know, the friendships that I've made here with, you know, Rex Culpepper, Dante Strickland and guys like that who are going to, you know, be in my life forever just because, you know, we've shared this bond together and um, I'm very thankful for them and um, it's just, it's been a great, you know, three and a half, four years here and um, I've been very grateful for the opportunity. And you're passing the torch to Tommy DeVito. Any words to him? You know he's gonna be he's gonna be well off. I'm looking forward to seeing the future of Syracuse. I think they got a lot of weapons on offense, and Tommy's been you know doing his part and working hard. And um, I'm like I said, he's got what this will be his third year now under the same offense. Um, and I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch fun to watch him next year. That coming from Eric Dungey here in Project Dungey's conclusion. Eric, obviously blessings moving forward for the NFL draft and. I would love to have you back on the show. Just because you're leaving Syracuse doesn't mean you leave the show. You can ask any of the Syracuse football alumni all about that. So I hope to stay in touch with you and the family, and God bless with everything. And once again, thank you for what you gave to my life and the uh, the level of fight that you have. It's really done a lot, not just for me, but for a lot of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me out.